All right. Well, good afternoon again. How's everyone doing? Good. I want to welcome everyone who's joining us online as well. I'm excited today. It is what we're calling Homecoming Sunday. And I know a lot of you have already been home, but uh, we're welcoming everyone back the first Sunday after the school year has started. And really, part of our rhythm here at Toronto City Church is we do a lot of our budgeting and a lot of our planning in line with the school year. So running from September through August. So it's a new season for us, a fresh start. And I think it very much aligns even with the prophetic words that have been brought forth and some of the things we're praying and leaning into as a church family. So I have a word I want to share with you today. It's really uh, just a message about a posture and some heart things that I think God wants us to to have as we launch into the fall, as we launch into the rest of 2022, and look ahead even beyond that into 2023. So I want to share that with you, but I also wanted to mention a couple practical things to you as well, just because, again, being the first Sunday of the new ministry, I wanted to give you some ideas of what we can be looking forward to and what we can be expecting. So let me start on that level. First and foremost, as many of you would be aware, we're currently doing what had been called a camp of consecration, but we've been doing four weeks of fasting and praying, setting ourselves aside to seek God. So the last couple of weeks, people have been fasting one day. We've had prayer calls Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. There's other prayer calls that happen. And this week is the last week. So a lot of this stemmed from a word that Emma Stark gave when she was with us three weeks ago. And so next weekend is kind of the culmination of that four-week uh, four time period. So we're going to have several things that we're doing this week that I really want to encourage you to be part of. Number one, we are going to continue to pray and we're going to finish strong, but it's going to look a little different. We're going to do Zoom prayer calls on Wednesday night, Thursday night, and then Friday night we're having an all-church prayer here at 7.30. And so I really want to invite you, even maybe if you've been traveling or you've been busy and you haven't participated too much up till now, this is a great week to jump on board and do that. So it'll be a call Wednesday night, Thursday night, and then in person here on Friday night will be kind of like a culmination time of worship and prayer. We've also been fasting, and what I'd like to do this week, I mean, be led by the Lord in other capacities, but I want to call for a church-wide fast on Friday. Everybody say Friday. So I want it to be a fasting Friday. I want to encourage you to set aside time, you know, set aside meal or two, fast for the full day, but let's fast in unity on Friday, even as we come into the final weekend. And then the other thing that was mentioned for next Sunday was, again, this is something that came forward prophetically, was what was called a repentance offering. And so this was an opportunity for us. Again, you don't buy forgiveness from God or anything like that. That's not what's intended. But there can be times and places where we say, hey, I realize there's some things in my life. Maybe I've been withholding my finances from God. Maybe there's been areas where I've not been, like, been withholding my time. Or there's been other things that I know that I need to be right with God. And bringing an offering can be a great symbol of that. It's like a faith symbol or a faith step that we take. And so I want to encourage you, if the Lord is speaking to your heart about that, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit, we're going to have an opportunity, we're going to pray over that next week. And part of it has been this season is getting ready and saying, saying yes to the Lord and saying, God, we want you to have our hearts, we want you to have our times, we want to give our mind to you, everything that we have. And so that's a big part of leading up to this week. So we have the prayer calls. We have the fasting on Friday, we have the prayer night on Friday, and then next Sunday we're going to bring it all together and we are going to have that repentance offering. Speaking of that, what you can expect this fall is we want to keep leaning in in the place of prayer. 
We want to keep going deeper in prayer. We've talked about that. So we're going to have multiple all-church prayers that are happening. We also have prayer calls that happen throughout the week. Now, what we've tried to do this last couple of years has really opened our eyes and opened the door in many ways that you can use technology. And I know some of us are tired of Zoom calls and tired of conference calls. We were tired a long time ago about that. But, you know, especially when you're in a city like Toronto and the GTA, we literally have people in our church who come from, like, you know, in the West, like Oakville, like us, because we just moved. And we've got people who come all the way from Oshawa and Bowmanville and Curtis. We have people that come down from Newmarket. So we have people that come. And so between all that, it's just not practical sometimes to always get together in person. It just doesn't work for people. So that's why we try and use technology. So we have prayer calls throughout the week. And I want to encourage you. We've got a real good, faithful, a sizable group of our church that engage in prayer. They're on a call. They're connecting that. But there should be more of us jumping on board. And so I want to just challenge you. I want to encourage you. This is your church home. You're wanting to go deeper in God. Oftentimes it's 30 minutes. You're just getting together with people virtually and you're praying and you're seeking God. And so we want to invite you to jump into prayer. We believe prayer is the foundation of everything else and we're going to keep going deeper in prayer. Everybody say go deeper in prayer. Number three, this fall, we're putting a real strong emphasis and we're definitely going to talk about this more next week on our connection groups. Now, connection groups are really important here at Toronto City Church. Acts 20.20, they met in the temple, and they met from house to house. And something we used to say for a number of years, and I think we're going to resurrect it, was we said for years, if you miss connection, you miss half a church. A lot of times people think, well, I went to church. Well, first and foremost, you are the church. We are the church. And when we gather, that's a manifestation of the church. But I want to encourage you. We want to be a church that gathers in the large group context, but also that gather together to pray, to build each other up, to encourage each other in a small group context. And our heart is that every person that calls Toronto State Church home would be involved in that. And so we're going to talk more about that, but that's something you can expect in the fall. Something else I'm very excited about is the relaunch or the restart of Encounter Weekends. And so we are so excited about encounters. We've not been able to do them for the last couple of years for obvious reasons. But for the encounter, we're going to have one for ladies. We're going to have one for men. And what you can expect on this weekend is we have a whole team that fasts and prays and prepares. It's going to be on site here. You come together. There is going to be teaching. There is going to be prayer ministry. There's going to be worship. There's going to be time of seeking God. There's going to be time we really put an emphasis on just ministering to you pouring into you, seeing you walk deeper in freedom, seeing you walk deeper in the things that God has for you. And our heart is that every person in Toronto City Church will have gone on an encounter weekend. So if you've never been on one, this is your opportunity. Mark the dates, sign up. I promise you. Now, now let me just say this, because I say this a lot uh, when we talk about this. I know a lot of you are listening to me going, okay, that sounds pretty good. And that's how, You do not understand what God can do in your life over this 36-hour period if you just commit yourself to him. It has been transformative so, more, so many people. You go deeper in your walk with God, but I was just talking with somebody after service, first service, and they're really excited about going. There is like this anointing that joins us and unites us together in unity in a real powerful way. It's like an introduction to family in a fresh way. And there's all these leaders that come in and pray for you and minister to you. And we have some great food. We cater foods. So we have some meals. And we just have fun in the presence of God. So I want to encourage you, this is a save the date. Registration will be up by next week. 
And, uh, you know, we try and keep the cost as low as possible, covering the meals and stuff. We don't really make profits off these things. We just want to go, but we want you to be on an encounter. So get ready for that. We're going to talk more about that. We're also excited to relaunch a number of classes. So we really believe in studying to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We believe in discipleship. And part of discipleship is obeying all that Jesus has commanded. If I don't study what Jesus commanded, it's hard to obey it. So we've got a course that we're going to be launching October 2nd called Discipleship 101. And this is going to be a course that is customized to help you understand the basics of how to grow as a disciple of Jesus. We're dusting off some of the old material we've taught, bringing some fresh things forward. There's going to be opportunity there. We're also going to have the School of Prayer. And this is going to be virtual, so it's going to be via video. We have it taught by an amazing friend, Melissa Medina. So it's going to be in more of a virtual format that's going to run. So we're going to structure these things. These are some amazing opportunities to get involved. And in this coming ministry year, we're really going to be supercharging a bit our educational wing and just growing and going deeper and going deeper. So we've got that. And then last but not least, we are going to have all our different groups in the church. Different things are happening. So we're going to have some stuff for men. There's going to be ministry for women. Our youth, some exciting things are happening in youth as you saw we're doing some relaunch of our young adults programs joy ministry is going to be going strong we're going to have even the generation and the kids ministry so there's going to be a lot of exciting things i want you we'll keep you updated stay tuned up but we just wanted to share today some highlights for you so you can know what we're going to target and what we're going to be looking forward to in the fall and it is going to be an amazing season there's been so much words and things that god's been speaking to us about what he wants to do But you know what? We have to be the ones who are going to say yes and go with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to go with that. We're excited. We're going to give you more information over the next couple weeks. If you have questions, as always, you can let us know. And let me say this. We have a weekly email that goes out to anyone who's indicated to us that this is their home church. And we send out, and every once in a while we'll send out some other things, but it goes out weekly. It gives a lot of these updates. It gives you links for registration. It's a great way to stay in touch with what's happening. So if this is your home church and you're not getting that, let us know because we just don't want to spam people or add them to the email list, you know, just for whatever reason. We want you to be your home church. But let us know because we want to make sure you can stay connected with what's happening and stay in touch with what's going on. Last but not least, before I start the message, in light of mentioning kids' ministry and some other things happen, there is an exciting internal transition. It's more just a little bit of a role shift that is happening. But for the last, well, I've been here for nine years. For nine years, one of kind of the, the pillars of Toronto City Church, and just was so uh, faithful and steady and ministry, has been Pastor Jire and Norma Grell. I mean, they've just done an incredible job. But most of the time, you don't see them because they're always with the kids. That's been one of their main areas of responsibility. For the last couple of years, actually, we'd started to have some conversations. COVID slowed it down. But I was really getting a sense that we needed to shift them a little bit more into ministry to the larger body and not just with the kids. They've done a great job there, but we felt like just for them to be more present, to be able to minister a little bit more in the larger context. And so we're working on that transition this fall. It's going to be happening over about the next month, but you're just going to begin seeing them much more here in service. And kind of like Pastor Jair transitioned today, you're going to see them more often in that way. And again, they're there. They're, they're, it's just an internal role shift. But I did want to mention that because for parents, the question then goes, okay, what's happening with the kids? Because it's an internal role change what's happening. But we're we're building and raising up a team to cover things because, I mean, they did so much. We're really going to build a whole team to cover it. 
And uh, we've got some exciting things that are going to be happening with that. So parents, be on the lookout for an email. Two Sundays from today, we're going to have a little info meeting to share with you some of the exciting new things that are happening in generations. Pastor Jared and Norma will still be around. I mean, they still might have to pop, you know, pop back in to give some coverage or some help. But I really wanted them to be more present in this capacity in this season. So just you're aware of that. Any questions about all this, let us know. But anyways... That was the practical portion I wanted to share with you guys. Now I just want to encourage your heart a little bit in the Word. So if you can please turn with me to Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. I was asking the Lord what to do today and how to focus on things. And I really just felt to encourage us as a church family in our posture as we come into the fall. I want to encourage you in our posture in this new season I, I, I mean, the fall is kind of naturally, for most people, there's two times a year that you tend to kind of change, reset, evaluate. It's the fall when you go back to school, because that tends to dominate a lot of our lives in one way or another. And then it's also in January when we come into a new year. So as I said, we've built some rhythms around that as a church family. So there's some new things we're stepping into as a church family. Obviously, we've had some great prophetic words and some things the Lord has really been ministering to us about what's going to happen. We believe in this fall, we're going to see some incredible things. And so there's some opportunities there. But I just really wanted to give an encouraging word to us about our posture in this season. And I want to talk to you today about a posture to run your race. Everybody say, run your race. And I want to talk to us about posturing ourselves and being ready to run in what God has for us in this season. Because how many know God has some big things for you in this season? I want to encourage you in that. Sometimes we just think corporately. And yes, God has some big things for us corporately. But I believe for every one of you listening to me right now, every one of you who's tuning in online, God has some big things for you in this season. But how many know you've got to be postured to be ready to catch it? Right? You've got to be postured. You've got to be in the right posture. You've got to be in the right position. Sometimes we miss things that God has for us because we weren't ready. We weren't postured. We weren't in the right position. And so God wants us to posture ourselves. And I believe he wants to posture us to run our race. And so let's look at Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. And then we'll pray. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we just come before you and for these next few moments as I have an opportunity to bring a word of encouragement about running our race, a word of encouragement about being postured to be ready for what you have for us in this new season because it is a new season. And you're doing some new things. And we want to run into this. We want to be those who say yes. And so we thank you for this. And I just thank you for clarity that you will speak to each heart today in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed, said, amen. All right. So let me pull just out of this passage. This is my core text for today. I'm always excited to preach out of this passage because it's one of my favorites. It's always inspired me over the years. I love reading it, studying it. I love preaching and talking about it. But I want to talk to you about posturing to run your race. And the first thought I want to encourage you out of this passage today is you have a race to run. Come on, everybody say, I have a race to run. Come on, somebody look at someone around you. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, you have a race to run. Now, I do want to ask, how many runners do we have in here? How many track stars, cross-country stars? Okay, we got a few people bold enough to raise their hand. Any former runners? Some people are like, well, maybe back in the day. Former runners. Okay, some people are like, yeah, you know, come on. You can, you can let us know about it if you... 
If you had, you know, if you know your day, you know, whatever, you, you can, come on, Nana. I didn't see Nana raise your hand. I mean, Nana was a track star. She had, she had some speed. Oh, my, your email address was Star Runner. I mean, come on. That's, a, that's what her email address was. So that's why I see you don't raise your hand. I'm going to call you out. But Na- Nana could fly down the track. Now, I was never a very good runner. I was, I was never particularly fast. Uh, you know, but, but, I, but I, I, at least in elementary school, I gave my best. By high school, I got into basketball, and I tried to compensate for my lack of speed with some other things and tried to do that. But I don't know if you remember, but I don't like for you growing up. But I was in elementary school. If you're an athlete, because I kind of like to see myself an athlete, you do every sport. Anybody remember that? Like in high school, by high school, you start to specialize. But in elementary school, I mean, you get there, you got cross country. You might not even like cross country, but you're going to run in cross country because you're an athlete. So you go in the cross country. And, uh, and it's a benefit, too, because you get to miss class when you go on the sports and the events. So it's just like a double win situation. So I was never a great runner. But, but I, I, I made some efforts and I tried, you know, I tried and, and that going into sports more. But, but it's interesting here because in Hebrews, we see this picture of running a race. Furthermore, if you study the scriptures and especially the New Testament, you'll see this is actually a strong theme or a common theme in the scriptures that we have a race to run. And so while many of us in here, I mean, the vast majority of us didn't raise our hands, may not be runners in the natural I want you to know that all of us are called to be runners in the spirit realm. All of us are called to be runners in the things of God. And many of us may have not been very talented when it comes to running in this natural world. But I want you to know that every one of you has a calling and a purpose. And you've got spiritual talent to run in the things of God. You've got spiritual talent to run in the things of Jesus. I love what Paul said here in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, this is a very powerful verse. Paul is writing it to his spiritual son, Timothy. He's writing it to him when Paul is near the end of his life. Scholars believe he's writing this when he's in prison. Many believe it's when he had gone to Rome. And so this is his way of communicating. And so he's getting to Timothy, and he's writing him. And he says this is so powerful because he's reflecting. He says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished my race. I have kept the faith. And it's so interesting to me because even in making these statements, he helps us understand that there's a fight that we're called to. There's a fight that you are called to. It's a good fight. It's a fight of faith. But there's a fight we're called to. Furthermore, there's a race that you and I are called to run. We are called by God to run a spiritual race. Furthermore, there's a faith that he says that we are called to keep. And so there's a broader, obviously, biblical teaching to this about running your race. But I believe today that there is a prophetic edge for this season that God would say to us here at Toronto City Church. He'd say to every one of us sitting here, everyone that's watching online, I'm calling you to run in this coming season. I'm calling you to run this fall. This fall, it's time to run. And I want you to posture. And I want you to position yourself so you will be ready to run. Come on, somebody say, ready to run. Here's a question I want to ask you today. Are you running your spiritual race? Now, I want you to think about that because we're supposed to say yes. Right? No one wants to go, no, I'm not pastor. Right? I'm not. No, no, no one wants to do that. But, but a lot of times it's important that we take that step back and go, okay, am I actually running a race or am I just surviving? Am I running a race or am I just showing up at church twice a month on a Sunday morning and listening to a message? See, because running a race is something that you do daily. 
Running a race is something that you are focused about. It's something that you're intentional about. It's something that you're building your life around. And I just feel so strongly in this season, and I want to call each one of us that even we talk about consecration, we talk about dedicating ourselves to the Lord. Guys, too often, instead of Jesus being the central point of our life and in the race he's called us to, that I'm putting all my energy, all my effort, all my attention, everything I have into this call of God on my life, Jesus becomes a nice little addition that we make a convenient additive to our life that just makes things better, and if it's inconvenient, we just set it aside. Are you running your race? Or are you coming on Sundays and just sitting and watching other people run their race? I'm glad you're here. I'm really thankful for that. But part of my call is to get you out of the stands and get you onto the track. Why? Because there's a lane with your name on it. There's a purpose that God has for you. There's something in the kingdom and there's things in the kingdom that God has designed you for that nobody else can fill that spot. That is your place. And I want to see you. And too many Christians sit back and just are in the stands watching others instead of getting in and running the race that God has for them. And today I want to encourage you. Are you running your race? And if you're not, it's time to start. If you're not, it's time for you to step up in the call of God. Step up in the purposes of God. There is so much. uh, Acts 13.36 said that David served the purposes of God in his generation. You are called to serve the purposes of God in this generation. You are called to serve God. He created you with purpose. You are born for more than to go to school so you can get an education, so you can make money, so you can afford to get married, buy a house, have kids, have a dog, retire and die. That there is more that God has put inside of you. There is a race that you're called to run. There's a fight that you are called to fight. There is a faith that you are called to keep. And family, I just want to stir your hearts today. That you would be running your race. That you would be serving God with all of your heart. That you would move beyond Sunday morning Christianity or Sunday afternoon Christianity. Where you come and listen to a nice service and then just go live for yourself. But that we would give ourselves to the purposes of God. That we would give ourselves to the race that God has called us to are you running your race so that's my first question are you running your race because if you're not why not start today why not set your heart and say okay I'm going to start running this race listen that's when life gets fun when you start running the race that God has for you don't just show up and cheer me on while I run my race that's kind of the mindset people oh well pastor Brennan no no you've got a race to run you've got a fight to fight you are part of something that God's doing run your race So that's first and foremost, are you running your race? But the second question I want to ask you to consider today is how are you running your race? Because maybe you're kind of running your race, but how many know there's different ways you can run a race? Have you ever go, you watch people who run, and sometimes you got people and they're just running, man. They're running as hard as they can. You can see the effort. You can see the intensity. Other people are out for a beauty jog. You know, they're just kind of cruising along. Now, maybe that's the fastest they can go, right? My daughter in school, she's at soccer tryouts, and she's got cross-country, so she dragged me out running with her a couple nights ago. And she's just, like, kicking my butt. She's, like, way down the street. And I'm like, slow down, Shiloh. <laughs> Your dad's not in shape. But, you know, part of it, she was running too fast. So I admit she hits the stop. She's like, okay, Dad, I think we should walk now. I'm like, no, we're out jogging. you got to keep jogging. But I'm tired, Dad. I know. Okay, so we started talking about pacing ourselves. Right? And so we pace ourselves. But you know, you get people who are doing that. But then and it's interesting because you get some people there at the race, but they're just walking. 
And God called you to run. Some of us, it's like we're, we're doing it, but we're doing it so slowly. There's so much more that God's placed inside of you. Right? You run your race. It's not speed walking in the kingdom, all right? Have you ever seen Olympics when they speed walk? Now, are they speed walkers? Hey, full respect to speed walking sport. But you need to run your race. I remember when I was probably grade, I think it was grade seven, and we had a cross-country meet. And I remember we went, and, and you know, especially when you're in small schools, because I'm in a small school, I, I mean, one of the advantages slash disadvantages is just about everybody makes every team because there's no competition over spots. So we go to the cross-country meet, and some of our participants in the cross-country meet should not have been running cross-country. And there was one girl in the class ahead of me, and I appreciate her tenacity, but it just, it was not her thing. So the senior girls' race started. She goes running off in the senior girls' race. The senior girls all come back and finish. Awesome. Now the senior boys race. So the senior boys all go running. Senior boys run. Senior boys come back and finish. Now they send off the junior girls. And the junior girls go off, run their race. I come along, and all of a sudden you see one of the junior girls coming around. Because you know cross country, right? You don't see it all. It's all through the woods and trails and everything else. You just kind of, you're waiting at the finish line to see who's going to kind of come around the corner. And so the girl comes around the corner. And it's kind of pretty fast, like a really fast pace. And she kind of comes and jogs in. And the lady goes, congratulations, you're first. Go to remember. And she goes, no, 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 I was in the senior girls race. <laughs> so, so in other words, now, I credit her she didn't stop. Right? She kept running. Now, in all fairness, in cross country, you can't help but not stop because you're stuck out in the middle of the wilderness. But the whole point was she, she, she probably ran out of gas pretty quickly, and so she's walking. I feel like today there's many of us that you're walking, and God's saying it's time to run. God's saying you got more in you. God's saying you got, there's more that you have to give for my kingdom. There's more that you have to give for my purposes. And you know, sometimes we walk because we're worried about overextending ourselves. Sometimes we walk because, you know, we just were very kind of my life and I like this and I like that. Pastor Samuel gave a great message yesterday at our team day where he was talking about can God inconvenience us, right? Can God, can God get us out of our comfort zones? And I just feel today, family, there's some of us that God is saying to you, you got a race to run. Stop, run. Start running. Get out of the bleachers. Get out of the crowd. i got a lane for you to run in. But I also feel like there's many of us that God's saying, come on, let's pick up the pace. He said, I didn't call you to walk your race. I called you to run your race. Everybody say, run your race. Family, it is time to run. As we come into this fall of 2022, as we look ahead to this new ministry year, God is calling us to run with his kingdom, to run in his purposes, to run in his plans, to run in what he's called us to. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to run. Now, let me say, because from this passage, there's a lot I can pull, but I want to share with you several keys that I believe if we will focus on will help us to run well in this coming season. The first and foremost is that we need to cultivate an eternal perspective. And again, there's a teaching to this, but I also believe there's a prophetic edge, guys. In this season, God is calling us to go deeper in our eternal perspective. I love this because in painting this picture in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, the author says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, mo- many of us, if we don't understand, we kind of read that and think, what's the cloud of witnesses? Are the people up in the clouds? Or, but that actually was a turn of phrase used commonly in that time, and it was a picture of stadiums where athletes used to compete. And the reason they call it the cloud of witnesses was the stadiums would go so high, you know, you know the nosebleed seats, you know, back then they would have called it the cloud seats. 
right? Because they're like, you're so high, you're up in the clouds. And so he's actually painting this picture and he's saying, listen, he's talking to us about this race we want to run, but he's saying, listen, he's saying there is a cloud of witnesses that are witnessing the race you've run. Furthermore, this Hebrews 12 comes right after Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, he was talking in pre, or the book was teaching on the hall of faith, what we call the hall of faith. He was talking about men and women of faith, some named, many unnamed who've gone before us. And it's interesting, so he talks about, for all of chapter 11, he talks about this hall of faith. And men and women who've sacrificed, laid down their lives, served Jesus with all their heart, like given their lives. And then he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, catch the picture. He says, listen, you are not running your race by yourself. There were men and women who went before you. Men and women who loved Jesus. Men and women who had their race to run. They ran their race, and now what they've done is they have passed the baton to you. And so this is not just an individual race, but this is a relay race. And it's a relay race through time and history. But they are cheering you on. They are cheering you on as you run your leg in the race. They live for God. They walk through what they walk through, and they've now given the baton to you. Are you taking that baton, and are you right? Can you imagine how frustrating it would be? And again, I don't know how many track stars we have. Nana could probably tell us this would be frustrating. But you're on a relay, and you're running, and you're winning. You're ahead. You pass the baton to the fourth person. You know, they're going to anchor, and they start walking. I mean, that would be so frustrating. We put all this time and effort to get you to where you are, and you're not even building on top of that. But guys, there is a cloud of witnesses. There are men and women who've gone before. Every one of us, somebody handed the baton to us. It may have been the heritage of faith you received for your family. It may be, maybe you came to faith and your family isn't there, but you've come in. Somebody handed a baton of faith to you. Will we take that baton and will we run with that baton? Understand that it's not just about now, but this is about eternity. That this race that we're running has eternal ramifications and eternal consequences. Matthew 16, 26 says this, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Now obviously, a, a, a primary application of this passage is talking about salvation. And it talks about the importance of giving your life to Jesus because you can get everything you ever think you want in this world, but if you die and you spend eternity away from God, you spend eternity in hell, what good was it? You have this life, and then you have all of eternity. You'd want to live for all of eternity, not just for what you think is best in this life. And so we really apply that, but I, I want to bring that verse over for a moment today in how are we running our race? So often we get so focused on things that carry no eternal value. And we just focus on the here and now. But God's saying, listen. And, and, and if that's where your focus is, why would you be running your race? Why would you be sacrificing? You know, even if we look at Olympic athletes, for example, or people who run at a very high level, they train. I remember uh, my son on his basketball team. He's got a, a, one of the other boys in his basketball team has an older brother who is uh, probably like one of the top ranked 800 meter runners in Canada. You know, I came to understand this time. I remember one, one day we're with my son, we're watching his cousin's football game, and I looked, it was at Birchmount Stadium, and it was one of those days that was so hot. Like it was just almost ungodly hot. It was just not good. But you look at the track, and, and, and I looked and I saw, uh, you know, the older brother training with some friends. 
And they're running and doing wind sprints and doing different training around the track. And man, I mean, it was just one of the worst things. But I realized that's what you do if you want to succeed. See, he has a goal in mind. Now, there's a reason I'm not out there on that track running around myself. Number one, because I don't want to be on that track running around myself. Number two, it's hot outside. But number three, I have no bigger goal that I need to run for. But he had a goal that he wanted to run for. And see, when you understand eternity, it helps you run stronger now. And so that we in this season, family, go deeper in your eternal perspective. Because it's going to posture you to run the race. Not only do we need to cultivate an eternal perspective, but the next thing I saw here was, there's a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us. Let me start with that area of sin. Family, again, this is a prophetic edge today. God's called you to run. There's so much that he's put for you and for us. It is time to go to the next level of holiness in your life. So one of the things I noticed when, when this friend was running around the track, he was wearing track gear. He wasn't there in big boots, baggy jeans, you know, kind of a big hooded sweatshirt. Why? Because that was not appropriate attire to run. Furthermore, he probably would have died from heat stroke with how hot it was. It didn't make any sense. But see, what happens, guys, for many of us is sin stops us from running our race. And I want to call to you today that you would ask the Lord to search your heart. And you'd say, Lord, show me any area of sin that I can walk in repentance, that I can walk in forgiveness. But guys, there's a call to holiness in a fresh way in this time. There's a call to fresh consecration to the Lord. There's a call to set some things aside so that you can go fully into what God has for you. Because if we talk about the context of running a race, sin disqualifies us. Sin slows us down. One of the things over COVID that I really started to enjoy was I really got into cycling and bike riding. I got my mountain bike and I just ride all the trails here in Toronto because there's just some incredible trails. And I ride different city streets. I mean, it's just a great way to get around. You remember for a while, they wouldn't let you in gyms anyways. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to get the COVID, you know, 40 or whatever else. So I got to do something. So I'm out, I'm biking around. Well, recently I was out bike riding and usually I'll be riding on the street. I'll be riding on trails. But I thought, you know, I got there, there wasn't a lot of trails, and there's a big grassy field. It was pretty flat. It was one of those ones with the power, you know, the, the high tower, the power towers and everything. So I'm like, you know what, let me just cut across the field. So I started, and about 10, just 10, 15 feet in, I knew I was in trouble. Why? Because between the grass and the ground, the turf, it was so hard to pedal. And I'd already been riding for a while. I was already a little tired. But by the time, you know, you kind of think, no, I got this. I'm going to do it. And then you get into it. You're like, this is not going very well. But I'm far enough now. I either go back or go forward. But I finally made it. But it just about burnt me out for the rest of my ride because I was so hindered in getting where I need to go. Family, let me read to you from Isaiah 35, 8. It says, and the highway shall be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over. It shall belong to those who walk on the way, even if they are a fool. They shall not go astray. The highway of holiness, the Bible talks about. And I want to encourage you, family. You're called to run a race. But that race is run on the highway of holiness. That race is run where you are setting yourself apart from sin unto God. 
And some people would call it old-fashioned preaching, but I think we need some old-fashioned preaching and some old-fashioned holiness in our lives because it's really not old-fashioned. It's always supposed to be in style. And I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about a love for Jesus that says, I love Jesus so much that there are things I'm just not going to tolerate in my life. There are things I'm not going to allow in my life. There are things that I'm going to take a stand against because of my love for Jesus. You know, the best, it's the best context, because sometimes people can get legalistic with it, but the best context I can think of is my relationship with Pastor Sharon. Because I'm married to her, because I'm committed to her, because I love her, there's a lot of things I won't do. There's places I will not go. There's conversations I will not have. There's things I will not watch. And it's not because, oh, I'm married, I can't do that. Oh, no. No, it's because I love her. And I know that doing those things damages my relationship with her. That's exactly the way it needs to be with Jesus. But family, I want to challenge you in this season. Some of you, there's some things you're watching that you need to stop watching. There's some things you're listening to that you need to stop listening to. There's some places that you've been going that you need to stop going. Why? Because you got a race to run. Because there's a purpose of God over your life. And that keeps distracting and pulling you away. You keep getting off the highway of holiness. And when you're off the highway of holiness, you can't run the way you need to. And I want to challenge us in this. What's God saying to us? Yeah, there's struggles, but listen, get before the Lord. Get accountability. Get serious. And say, God, I want to deal with this. If anything, this fall, there maybe is some secret sin. You say, this is getting out of my life for good. And that's going to be my focus because I've got a race to run. And listen, let me encourage you. Part of it is a decision of quality. I've used this example before in different contexts, but I remember once I was kind of praying slash complaining to the Lord because things were hard. It really weren't that hard, but I thought they were hard at the time. And so I'm just kind of pray planning, you know, kind of, kind of praying and complaining at the same time. And I just said, God, I'm doing everything I know to do right now, and it's not working. And I just in that moment, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will break. And I just heard the Holy Spirit so clearly. He said, no, you're not. And I went... Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> a lot of times, we're, we're being lazy. We're, 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 we're not doing everything we know to do. If I said to you, listen, I got a million dollars for you in a bank account, just don't do that for the next month. I think some of us might be a little bit more intent about it, yet we're not talking about a million dollars. We're talking about an eternal crown, the race that God has called us to and what he's put us into. And we're talking about love for Jesus Christ. So it might be a question, say, you know, if I would do it for a million dollars, but I won't do it for Jesus, maybe my priority's a little off here. So I say, yeah, but pastor, if I get the million dollars and I tithe? (laughs) You are called to run. Cast off those things that are stopping you from running the race that God's called you to. Furthermore, this brings me to the next point, because it's interesting, you say, cast aside the sin, and the weights that so he says. So what this says is there can be sin that holds us, but sometimes what stops us from running a race is not bad things, it's not sin, it's good things that are not God things. And fam, I want to encourage you to evaluate even as you come into this fall. Evaluate, God, are there some things in my life that need to be trimmed, some things that need to be pruned, not because they're bad, not because they're sinful, but because you've got a higher purpose. That you've got a race that I'm called to run. And that we let God speak to us. There's an element of focus in this season. Family, focus is going to be so important. Where's your focus? 
Some of us are just so scattered and so distracted and so all over the place. We can't run our race. It's like we're running and then we're like, oh, look at that. We get over here and then, all oh, right, run, run, run. So run and then oh, over here and we're just all over the place. And then a couple of days we're just like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to like binge watch for three days and just go, you know, like we just get all, listen, focus, run your race. There's so much that God has for you. And so this is a season for focus. It's a season, family, for growing in our eternal perspective. It's a season for holiness. It's a season for focus. Number four, we're going to wind this down. Justin wants to come back and join me. Number four, he talks about looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Family, I want to declare this over you. This is a season to rise up in faith. This is a season to believe God. Every one of us, if we are going to run in this season, we've got to be strong in faith. We've got to feed our faith. We've got to build up our faith. And I want to encourage you because there's many of you here, you have a DNA of faith in your heart. You've learned over the years how to walk by faith, the power of your words, the power of what you speak, and the power of choosing to believe God. But God is saying to you, it's time to dust off that shield of faith, to pick it back up, to go deeper. And some of you maybe have never really studied faith a lot it's time to go in the scripture because faith is believing God no matter the circumstance no matter the situation it says I choose to believe God and even in the times we're in God guys yes it's challenging the economy's challenging right now but you can choose to be in doubt and unbelief and just like oh I don't know the inflation is really bad or you can be in faith and say my God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory I choose to believe him yeah, but what about this? Well, I choose to believe God. See, you can be people of faith. Faith take the word. And they get into the word and they believe. Romans 1.17 says, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now about you, but I've been through some seasons and some circumstances that was hard. And I whined and I complained and I was down and it was just really hard. And in the end, God came through for me anyways. And I remember sometimes I've had a couple situations where I thought, I just wasted like how many weeks just whining and bawling and squalling and everything else you can possibly think. God had me the whole time. I should have just trusted him. Right? I should have just believed him. Now you go through that a couple times, it helps you because you go, okay, but you've got to make a decision. I believe God. Yeah, but you don't, oh, you'll never be able to make it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe God. Oh, the economy, the inflation. My God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. I believe him. Oh, the world's getting really scary and dangerous. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be shown to be wrong. This is my heritage. I'm his servant. He's my vice. See, you take stands of faith. And you say, I'm going to speak the word. I'm not going to speak my circumstance. I'm not going to speak my situation. I'm not talking about pretending it's not there. But I'm going to choose to speak the word of God. People of faith are going to fly forward in this season. Doubt and unbelief is going to hold you back. Come on, somebody say, let's be walk by faith. We walk by faith. Some of you, I, just, I felt this so strongly. You've got such deep wells of faith in your life. It's time to stir those up again. And, and some of you, maybe you've never really studied it before. If you need, message me. I'll send you some good messages. Get yourself built up. It says in 1 John 5 verse 4, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. We're going to overcome through faith. Everybody say, by faith. And so we see this. In this season, we're going to run. God's saying to us, cultivate an eternal perspective. God's saying to us, cultivate holiness. 
God's saying, develop a razor-sharp focus. God's saying, be people of faith. And last but not least, he said, to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Family, I want to just encourage you on to declare, this is a season for joy. This is a season for joy. God says, I called you to run a race. You know, sometimes we picture the race and it's just going to be hard and I hate this. And why? No, no. God, I, I've seen you just running today and you got the biggest smile on your face. It's like you're just flying forward and what God's doing. Why? Because Nehemiah, in, in Nehemiah verse 8, verse 10, it says, and do not be grieved. I cut a little bit. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And God said, I'm going to give you strength to run because I'm releasing joy. Joy. Joy is not happiness based on your circumstances. Joy is a spiritual force that comes from the Holy Spirit in your life. And it gives you strength to overcome every challenge, to climb every mountain, to finish every single race. It's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. And I want to encourage you today, receive that and believe that. We can choose to live in joy or we can choose to live in something else. It's a choice. And yeah, you have to practice, you have to cultivate it. I'm not very good at it sometimes, but I get better and better at being in that place of joy. Why? Because I've got so much to be thankful for and there's so much that I have to have joy in my life. I got Jesus. Right? And I know some people say, oh, that's a nice cliche phrase, Pastor. Well, then you just don't understand it yet. Because when you understand you got Jesus in your life, you understand there's joy. And I want to pray over you. Part of what I want to pray today is there's joy in this season. God wants us to have the most fun we've ever had over this coming season. Will there be battles? Yeah, but we're going to have a lot of fun punching the devil in the mouth, right? Like we're going to have a lot of fun as family. We're going to have a lot of fun moving forward. There's a joy, a supernatural joy that God says, I want to strengthen you with joy. Everybody say joy. Come on, say it again. Say joy. Come on, if you believe it with me, if you agree with me, I want you at the top of your lungs to yell out joy. Amen. And so we look at that. And then last but not least, and we're going to take this to prayer. Last one, it says, looking to Jesus. That's, that's the hinge of this entire verse. How am I going to run? Looking to Jesus. How am I going to deal with sin? Looking to Jesus. If I'm so focused on Jesus, I don't got time to look at somebody else or something else. How am I looking to Jesus? As I look to Jesus, things that fade away. Right? What did that old hymn say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We're looking to Jesus. That's the center of it all. Look to Jesus. Worship Jesus. Get in the word to know Jesus more. Love Jesus so much you don't got time for sin anymore in your life. It all starts and it all ends with the King of Kings and with the Lord of Lords. And it's saying we're looking unto Jesus. And so I'm going to worship with all my heart because I'm I'm looking to Jesus. I'm going to give radically and generously because I'm looking to Jesus. I'm going to share my faith with others because I'm looking to Jesus and I want them to see him too. I am going to look to Jesus and as long as I look to Jesus, I'm going to have the joy and the strength to run the race that God is having to. Come on, somebody say, look to Jesus. So come on, I want to pray over you right now. If your heart is to say, in this new season, I want to run the race. I want you just to stand to your feet right now across this place where you are. If you say, I want to run this race, I want to receive, I want to walk in this. So let's just hold your hands out like you're receiving from the Lord. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for this race that you've called us to run. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every person.
person here. I thank you for the purpose that you have over their life. I thank you for every person that's tuning in online. And I thank you for the purpose that you have over their life. God, I thank you that you have a race for them to run. You have a fight for them to fight. It's a good fight of faith. You have a faith for them to keep. And Father, today in Jesus' name, I just pray right now for joy in being imparted. Joy being released. There is joy in this race, God. And you're going to teach us how to run with joy. God, I thank you for a spirit of faith rising in this house. That we walk by faith and not by sight. God, I thank you for a fresh wave of holiness, God. That we are consecrated and set apart to you. And that we make a decision that I love Jesus so much, I don't have time for all this other mess in our lives. God, I thank you for an eternal reality and perspective and lord i thank you for a focus a razor sharp bulldog tenacity focus that we are going to run this race in jesus name god i thank you you're calling us higher lord i thank you're taking us deeper and i thank you in jesus name that we will be those who say yes to you come on just just say yes to the lord right now where you are right now just say yes we say yes to you god And Lord, we thank you for your joy in Jesus' name. Thank you for your joy, Lord. And we're going to bring this to a close. We've got to get things moving. But with head bowed and eyes closed, I do want to give an opportunity for people to give their lives to Jesus. The Bible teaches us that God loves us with everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love because of sin. The wages of sin is death. Not just physical death, but eternal death. That's the bad news, but here's the good news. The good news is Jesus came. He died and he rose again. He said, if you'll put your faith and trust in me, he said, I will forgive you. I'll set you free. And you'll no longer have the wage of sin because I would have paid the price for you. But you are going to have eternal life. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so just with head bowed and eyes closed, I want to make sure I give an opportunity to say, if there's anybody here, and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. Or maybe you say, I need to give my life back to Jesus. I mean, what a great way to start this new season. Just get things right. Get back on the track. Get back into what God has for you. And so if that's you today, I want you to do something bold. But I want you just to raise your hand up across this place. If you say, I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to give my life back to him. Thank you. I see a hand there. If there's anybody else today. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this race that we're called to run. And I thank you that we will run it. In Jesus' name. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to officially close. Moms and dads are going to ask you to make sure you go and get your kids. But I'm going to ask the team just to worship for a little while. We feel like there's a real grace in this season right now. Just on, again, consecration, seeking God. And if you just want to worship God a little bit more, you're free to stay. If, if there's some things that God... If there's some things that you know you need to deal with God with. Maybe there's some area of holiness. Maybe there's some other areas that just you are convicted about in this message. I want to encourage you, don't just walk out of here and get busy and forget about it. Take some moments before the Lord. Let him speak to you. Let him challenge you in that area. and Let him bring forgiveness to life. And so I want to encourage you, but I forgot to do this. Let's just pray really quickly right now for all who raised their hands. But if we can all pray this together, say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Fill me. Free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name.
If I can have a few of our leaders just come up here across the front. And if you prayed that prayer, you know you should have. I want to ask you just as we close to come and meet one of them. They want to just pray with you and encourage you in that. But we also just want to have an open time. If you just want to seek the Lord for a little bit more, feel free to do that. But we are finished. Thank you for being here. Have an amazing Sunday. Let's have an amazing week. Remember, fasting on Friday, prayer calls. We're going to be gathering together. Repentance offering next week. We're excited about that. And lots of other good things that are happening this fall. Again, a lot of things we've announced by the end of the week. We're going to have registrations up for them so you can sign up, learn more, plug in, get involved. But we bless you. Father, we just speak blessing over every person they go today. Thank you that we are going to run our race in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed, said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right, we'll turn over the team for a bit. Feel free to worship. Just seek God for a little bit more. If you gave your life to Jesus or if you need prayer for something, we have some leaders here at the front that would be glad to pray with you. If you just want to seek God, feel free just to seek God. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring.